the Lake of the Ozarks only community radio station. That's right, you've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, March 6th. Lake of the Ozarks Marine Dealers saw near-record turnout at this year's St. Charles Boat Show. The 2022 show saw nearly 6,000 attendees, but this year nearly 9,000 came to the St. Charles Show. Boaters will be looking for their dream boat. will have the chance to take one for a ride at the final Wanda show of the season. That's the Spring and Water Boat Show set for April 21st through the 23rd at Dog Days Bar and Grill. And a woman has been charged with murder in the case of 62-year-old Thomas Gifford. 39-year-old Chrisma Doxa Ellis was arrested for the murder of Gifford, who was found dead in a home in Camden County Thursday, February 16th. An acquaintance of Ellis stated that Ellis said she had been at her boyfriend's house and a fight occurred and she stabbed the boyfriend several times. Ellis reportedly said she believed the boyfriend was dead and she was waiting for the police because of it. Ellis has been charged with felony murder and is being held without bond. And Dan Mears, the mascot for the Kansas City Chiefs, KC Wolf, will be speaking at a fundraiser for Lake of the Ozarks Scout Reservation and all scouting youth in the Lake area this Wednesday. Mears will be addressing a crowd at Margaritaville at noon. There's no charge to attend, but a donation will be requested from those attending the luncheon. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what, what were the events, what are the things behind the scenes here, what, what led to this. Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why it well it's because the news told us join professor jim paisley thursdays and saturdays at 6 a.m 2 p.m and 10 p.m for the true history professor program on 89.3 the key with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Spring training baseball continuing today. The Cardinals taking on the Tigers today as they continue Grapefruit League action in Florida. The Royals down in Arizona, they have today off. They will take on the White Sox tomorrow. College baseball off and running. Mizzou off to a good start. They are 9-2 and two on the young season. They will play against Western Illinois this afternoon. As for the MSU Bears just seven and four. They will play tomorrow on the road against Central Arkansas. As for uh, softball, the MSU ladies. 15 and 6 looking good. They will play tomorrow against Kansas City and the MSU ladies not doing so well. They're 8 and 10. They will play this weekend in the Wichita State Tournament. As for high school basketball, it is the 
Show Me State Final Four. They uh, That gets underway for the boys and girls' smaller schools, classes 1, 2, and 3. They will start that up on Thursday. College Hoops, Mizzou is 23-8 and eight as they head into SEC tournament play. The four-seed Tigers get a double bye, so they don't have to play their first game until Friday in that uh, SEC tournament. St. Louis Blues busy on the road against the Coyotes tonight. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including the Community Spotlight Show every day, 902, 302, and 702, where you get to know a local community leader a whole lot better. That's the Community Spotlight Show every day on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. Lake TV brings you five local shows to let you know what's going on and help you get to know our area's movers and shakers. Lake TV also brings you live high school football and basketball and a weekly coaches show. Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku, Amazon Fire, and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. Key Radio, K-E-Y-K, keeps you in the know. The Camdenton Area Chamber of Commerce invites you to the 72nd Annual Dogwood Festival taking place April 20th through the 22nd in downtown Camdenton. Festivities include student showcases, food and craft vendors, dinner theater, garage and bake sales, pageants, a carnival, a parade, and so much more. Visit CamdentonChamber.com for event details. Join the fun at the Dogwood Festival April 20th through the 22nd. This is Bill Munhausen for the What Makes Sense show on Key Radio. It's a biblical perspective without the pat answers that infect some of Christian talk. We're about solutions to most of life's issues, less theory, more answers, confront what is evil and champion what is good, extend grace to those who are still seeking. I investigate answers in politics, social issues, church, and more. It's what makes sense. In the 7 a.m. and 3 p.m. hours, check the schedule at keyradio.live. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. Well, here we are. It's 807. A little bit uh, of a different uh, approach to the day. 
as far as the uh, temperature, my goodness, it is going to be a little on the chilly side for us, and that's uh, basically what we're going to endure for the rest of the week. Looks like uh, as of right now, we're at 41 degrees in beautiful downtown Osage Beach as we broadcast live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. Cloudy and 55 today, a slight chance of a shower, that rain chance at about 25%. (laughs) Never quite figured out how they uh, come up with those statistics, but uh, you never know. Rain likely tonight, a low of 41. That rain chance at around 90%. Morning showers and 45 tomorrow. Showers and 49 on Thursday, partly cloudy, and 53 on Friday. Morning rain on, uh, well, actually, it looks uh, here like uh, afternoon, evening showers on Saturday with a high of 48. Showers and 49 on Sunday. Rain chance on Saturday, close to 80%. About a 50-50 shot on Sunday for that uh, precipitation. As we uh, take a look at some other statistics of interest, we have a current lake level of 655.09. River level at 562.07. Surface water temp, 44 degrees, but that won't last. We'll probably start to dip down into the... uh, 40-degree range before too long as we progress through the week and things continue to uh, remain cool for us. Not the kind of weekend we wanted coming up this weekend, but uh, you know what? It's better than a sharp stick in the eye, so we'll take it. Thank you so much for uh, making us a part of your day. I apologize the camera was wanting to do its own thing this morning. But uh, all in all, we'll get through that, and I think we've got it fixed. little hammer and duct tape action. And uh, like everything else, that seems to take care of it. Hope you're having a good day. I appreciate you joining us here on The Daily Show. Something that uh, we like to do and talk about and uh, have on the air from time to time is, well, something brought to the table by our good friend Anne-Marie Bianchi. And she's joining us this morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. Thank you. Well, was it 70 yesterday? Because I, I thought it was, but I'm getting up, you know, I'm getting there in age. So I just want to make sure because today is a drastic difference. Well, I will tell you yesterday, the warmest it got was about, that I saw anyway, was about 74 degrees. And that was around 2, 2.30 yesterday afternoon. And then we started to feel the cooler air starting to move in throughout the course of the day. I had the house all opened up and the fan on and everything was going well. And then it got yeah, cold. And then it got cold. <laughs> it is March. It is. March is the, uh, well, and, and I really think throughout most of the uh, the winter here at the Lake of the Ozarks, uh, Mother Nature couldn't quite make up her mind. And that's fine. If you want to throw some 60 and 70 degree weather at us during the winter months, yeah. again, we'll, we'll take, take it. it. Right, yeah. Julie I says, morning, you. Anne. Yeah, good morning. And she's listening. Uh, oh, good morning. And uh, happy to have her on board, oh, as yeah. well as all the folks tuning in, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. If you're listening on 89.3, keyradio.live, the free phone apps for iPhones and Androids, or you're checking us out on my Facebook page on the uh, SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in studio live cam. So uh, what are we going to talk about this morning? Uh, well, you know, we were just talking about, you know, uh, the last time I was here, we were talking briefly about, um, doing a, a show with our businesses in the area. And as I thought about that, um, I've been really working through a, 
a verse in the Bible that has just been really strong about leadership. I'm really passionate about leadership. Um, it doesn't, and it doesn't have to be about position. It has to be, we are all leaders in our lives to the people around us, whether it's our children or coworkers or, or just really? if, if you're a boss. Oh, absolutely. I totally believe that. <laughs> and so, um, so it was just, this verse just kind of sh- has been, one of that cornerstone for me this year. And so I just really have thought about this verse a lot as I have talk, thought about also the show. So that's what um, we were going to talk about. And that's uh, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 16, 13 through 14. Alrighty then. Well, it sounds like, uh, again, that you have uh, done some homework. Yeah. And I wonder, though, if this isn't something that you've utilized in your daily life just uh, con- Continuing to uh, deal with what you're dealing with at the same time, you know, we all go through our trials and tribulations, uh, but uh, yeah, vigilance and and leadership and, and, you know, there are still people that look to us for guidance once in a while. And I would imagine as a mom, your kids, you know, they, did they ever really understand what you were going through? Do they understand now? Did you sit down and talk to them about it? And uh, they knew mom wasn't doing well. They knew mom was um, was sick, wasn't healthy. But did you ever actually sit down and say, okay, kids, listen, I want to kind of give you an idea, not necessarily to scare them, but to maybe make them understand a little bit more and not feel... Uh, so lost. My father died when I was 12 years old. He had colorectal cancer, and and, and my mother never talked to us as kids mm-hmm. about it, mm-hmm. and he never talked to us as uh, mm-hmm. kids about it, and so we were always kind of just left in the void, so yeah. to speak, and, uh, you know, you still look to your dad. You still look to your mom for uh, guidance and help and whatever else that they can offer, but, uh, yeah, it is one of those things where, uh, you know, Kids aren't sure what's going on, but at the same time, it's up to you to determine how much information you want to give them based yeah. on maybe their age, yeah, their maturity exactly. level, things like that. Yeah. Uh, so did did you sit down and, and talk with your children at all? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it. I was a single mom 13 years ago, and uh, you do, I, I t- completely agree with you, KB, you do need to have wisdom as their age and, and what you tell what's appropriate for their level. Um I have been very open with my kiddos since I was in the kiddos anymore. They're young adults, but I've been very open with my kids about um, the, my struggles. They've seen it. They've seen that good, good, bad, and ugly. I'm not perfect by any means. And so, you know, when I um, got cancer, of course, uh, me and Scott, you know, talked to them and, and just sat them down like, this is, this is reality. This is what's happening. We don't have all the answers. Um, I don't want you being angry at the Lord. And that was the one thing I told them. Um, this is not, um, God may allow these things to happen for our growth and, and for other reasons that we don't know. Um, but he doesn't want harm. And so, and I also told them to live their lives. Um, you know, continue to pursue your dreams, continue to involve me. Um, don't shelter me because I'm going through this. I want to hear what you have to say. But, but the reality is I told them, you know, um, you know, we never know what happens when you're on a journey like that with a health concern that we don't know the ending. But when we have the Lord Jesus in our life, we have the we know where we're going to go. And so, you know, there is always that fear of death. But knowing where you're going to be in a better place there, that is comfort. There is hope there right. um, that no matter what you go through, there is hope there. Do you feel like you knew where you were going? By you know what do you mean? With your journey, you say that. Oh, OK. 
mm-hmm. that there was a sense of knowing where you were going. Um, I was always kind of under the impression that you never really know as far as your journey is concerned where you're going. It's where you end up. Right. And then when you look back, you realize all the things that happened and why they happened. Yep. And then you get to uh, that point in your life, good or bad, and uh, you can reflect a little bit, I guess. That's right. Was, was that, again, something that that you, you dealt with? Because, I mean, how do you feel as far as your progression? Do you feel like you're pretty much uh, out of the woods? Do you feel like uh, things are finally kind of moving forward for you, yeah. that you kind of have a handle on the situation? Yeah. I mean, you really take those kind of health health issues as you know with my cancer I just took it one day at a time I mean I knew it was going to be a long journey till I was well and I've been healthy I'm a marathon runner I've worked out I you know it was a complete stop you know when I found out and so um but I think as you go forward you know you always you know in the back of people's minds when they have to deal with with cancer there's always a a fear that's we're human you know i mean i i love the lord with all i have but i'm still human Mm -hmm. and i still have that is this test gonna lead to this or is this gonna lead to this and i don't go there in my mind um i just continue to be like okay i have today and i have to live today the fullest and that's what i have right and and i think it becomes more precious when you go through something like this because you realize how fragile life really is and that we're all not um immune to things of help happening to us right. and and not like I wouldn't wish it on anyone but things happen in life we're not guaranteed a perfect life and a, a happy life there's going to be trials and tribulations sure did at any point in your life uh especially with what you've been going through did you question your faith at all was uh, there was there a, a, a point where you kind of had to stop and just think for a second I mean maybe you had to reset you know what I mean uh, but at the same point you're still wondering, you know, I've been doing everything, you know, you've asked me to do and I've, been, yeah. you know, lived my life to the best of my ability. Why? Yeah. You know, I, a long time ago, I have changed that why word mm-hmm. to what? What? Okay. Because um, why, you know, um, I'm not the Lord, right? I'm not, I don't know what he's doing, mm-hmm. but I've changed it to what are you doing? And, and absolutely, there was times um, throughout my life, uh, many times as a single parent, I just cry, cry, cry. <laughs> I mean, just, it was just so hard and like, oh, Lord, I have to. And you know what? Again. You needed to do that. Yes. You needed to have that release. Yes. Because you can't keep it all pent up inside you because if you do, sometimes it comes out the wrong way. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and just crying out, oh, God, I don't understand, but I don't need to understand. That is where faith comes in. It's like, I don't understand why I'm going through this, mm-hmm. but I don't need to because I know you have a plan. And I think that's really hard to do when you're in it. And and that's why I had to continually just go to God's word and just encourage my soul. Because sometimes you need to encourage your soul. You need to continue on and these long journeys in life, these waitings in life. The only way to get that encouragement is through scriptures to keep you that hope alive because there's no hope. And I've been that multiple times in my life that I've seen no hope. Like, mm. I don't know how this is going to end. Like, I have no clue. And that's okay. And that's scary. Um, 
but it's also like, okay, God, but this also is, I'm trusting you. This is, this is an avenue. This is an opportunity for me to trust you. And that's, and that's, and that's what I try to do. I, I try to try to do every day and, and through all the challenges I've had. I couldn't think of a bigger, better way to build trust in the Lord. Yes. Yes. When you're dealing with what you were going through and, you know, having cancer and you're not quite sure where things are going to end up and, you know, if you get, uh, let's say, for example, you have to go up and get some sort of a test done, and then you don't know the results for a few days right. or, or longer, right. and you have to sit there and go, go go through the turmoil in your mind of, oh my gosh, I hope things turn out okay, and I hope everything's going to be all right, and yeah. what about my kids, and what about my husband, and what about my you know other family members? Yeah. Did you run into that, or was it... Uh, a little bit more along the lines of you put your trust in the Lord. So you said, I'm going to let you handle it. And, uh, and so far so good. Yeah. I, I remember I, we can't, I was on last time I talked about, you know, when I had the, the, the first scare that was precancerous and, um, 2018. And I just said, Lord, just let me get through that. Mm-hmm. So I can see my, so I can raise my kids. Cause I was a single parent at that point. Um, and, and at this time, this time I went through it, I really, I mean, I really just am just, I just gave it to them. I know it was hard for them. They all um, managed it in a different way. You know, they all endured it and, and reacted to it differently. And we're still talking about that and having those conversations. Because now as you go back, you could say, you know, um, a few of my children have come to me and said, you know, mom, I was feeling this and I was going through this when it, mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to react to this. And, and, you know, I just want them to know I trust in him. I don't know. My life is really but a a, a a blimp in the whole scheme of things, really. I mean, I just, that's my biggest thing. And so I kind of just rel- continued to just, I, I didn't make, it is a mindset. Like there's a mind um, uh, thing that, you, like you really have to set your minds on other things. Mm-hmm. So if you set your mind on that, like what's going to happen to them? What's going to be this test? That's like living in fear. And that's not what the Lord wants us to live in fear. Because that will bring up fear, anxiety, stress, um, all these things. Now, it doesn't mean that I, I didn't feel that way or or it's natural to feel that way. But if you sit in it, that's where it can really take over you. And that is not you know, a good emotional mindset and a mental mindset as you go into something as like fighting cancer and continuing your fight. But your kids again came to you with their feelings and their thoughts and shared those with you. And then as that uh, leader, as you spoke of earlier, you want to be able to give them confidence, but you yourself really don't know. And, and I understand sometimes that that's difficult for an adult to be able to look down at a child and say, look, everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I put my trust in the Lord. You know, he's going to get us through this one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Might be the easy road. Yeah. Maybe not so much. Uh, it could be the the long haul, the tough road. Right. But either way, we're going to come out on the, the right end of things. Right. Do you, <clears throat> do you impress upon your children to, uh, to find their faith and their trust and support it the way you do, or is it you pretty much yeah. let them go there? Their you know, everyone life. has their own journey. Everyone yeah. has. I had my journey when I accepted the Lord uh, 28 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had my own th- series in, in life. I believe that by being a role model, being um, loving, you know, truly loving, serving, 
um, bringing some of these characteristics that I was even talking about in First Corinthians, but just being that example. I don't. Um, some of my my children, our children, are not close to the Lord, and and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they need to get there on their own. I talk. Com- I completely kind of encourage them, um, encourage them with scripture just in my life, bringing principles in their life where they're at just to see where they're at. I don't like, you know, like you need to do this and you need to, you know, I really try to be um, just an example and a light in their lives and love them and speak truth. So, you know, when things happen in life, sometimes things happen in their lives and those are opportunities I can really speak truth and and really see God working, even though it doesn't seem that he's working, he's working. And so um, we just love, we just, you know, we are a blended family. And so we really just continue to love and support them. And they're all over the place and they're pursuing different things. And that's exciting. So um, I think that's important. What if one of your kids came up to you and said, uh, Mom, I'm just not a believer. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't buy into it. I'm, I'm not, you know, this is not me this is not who i am and they decide they want to just you know kind of do their own thing that's okay well i mean it's not okay with my heart <laughs> i mean it would break my heart but i think it's okay i think it's they need to know they're still loved mm-hmm. they need to know because they are they are god's child no matter what and they need to know that we are here to support them and love them but we will speak truth to them so if they're doing something that we might feel that is not, you know, going in the right direction or is not honoring to God. You know, we would we would speak into that, mm-hmm. not in a, a mean way, not in a judgmental way. It's not a judgment. I mean, we all are under God's judgment, so we're not in judgment, but in a way to encourage them that there's, you know, a better path mm-hmm. and, and, and there's consequences, right? You know, all of our actions, there's consequences. So we would just love them and support them and just, um, and just continually be that role model. I don't think people realize how powerful that is, you know, as we're called and not just, you know, um, just as we're called as Christians to really live the gospel, and I think it's, you know, it's hard to see. People want to see that nowadays. You know, there's so much other things that infiltrate us and the social media and other things that are grabbing our attention. But when you see a person that really lives to the truth of the, the gospel and really lives the, the characteristics of the Bible mm-hmm. and what God says for us to do, that is noticeable. Speaking of social media, you bring up an interesting point. Social media and kids. And we know how involved kids are in social media. So, again, as as that leader, you, and as that leader, your husband, um, how do you deal with things like social media? The kids want to be on Facebook talking back and forth or TikTok or Instagram or I don't even know all the different types of social media that are out there because it seems like uh, every day there's a new one that comes rolling across uh, that uh, grab the kids' attention and, uh, you know, they, they... gravitate towards it for one reason or another. Uh, They want to find out more about it. Their friends are on it, and they want to talk to their friends. And then there are those instances when social media can become somewhat of a, uh, hmm, what's a a good way to describe it? It can become somewhat of a distraction, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, You know, how's... How's that handled in the, the Bianchi household uh, with, with social media? You know, I really don't think that's appropriate. Um, you know, how do you, how do you and Scott deal with that? 
Yeah, you know, our kids are not as young as as one of those other kind of um, seasons in your life where you can take devices away. I, I truly believe as a young age that is important. Um, as taking those devices away for a period of time or overnight when I know several parents that put up those devices in the evenings and, and they, and the children can't get to them. Um, I, I think for us, you know, I know that, um, having, seeing other things that are important and knowing that, you know, you're, you're fighting against a very hard battle with social media. Mm -hmm. That is people's social life. You know, and some things um, are, you know, they're they're not um, looked at as much. And and then, you know, you, they pass us by because mm. we're so stuck on the social media. And so really telling our children, this is not your identity. It's not in this. You know, this is not your go to. This is not where you have truth. This is not r reality. Mm. So. My kids, when they were younger, would be like, Mom, like, you know, people would go, you know, on spring break or they're going to Paris and they're going to this and that. And I'm like, that is, do you know that's not reality? Like, like, you know, that is not truth. You know, you, they're seeing all this stuff and, and, you know, influencers and, and all these social medias and, and people that have all these YouTube channels and, and they think, you know, that's just easy and, and they could do the same thing and that's their life and that's like a glamorous, hmm. um, and that's reality, but it's not. And and we've seen that in so many influencers that um, we see later that fight mental health, that fight um, addictions, that fight um, you know self worth, mm. and and we see tragic ends to that because they're putting their their identity in something else. And so we really talk to the children about identity and who they are and who the God created them to be and, and really treasuring that. I always build in their, their character and what I see in them and what I see God working in them and, and that they don't need this affirmation, affirmation in the, you know, social media world mm -hmm. that that is true. Um, I know when we came here from, from when we moved here, um, we didn't have internet for like six months and our that youngest, must have been painful for oh some, some people in the family. Yes, my youngest was was struggling, and he was really, really having a hard time. And he's a gamer. He's a uh, he does airsoft. He does all these kind of things. He's very he's into uh, cybersecurity. But he came to me and he said to me at later, right? Like you were saying later. Mm -hmm. He said later about I'm a year into it, living with us. He's like, Mom, that was the best thing. Because I really got to look at my emotions instead of, you know, substituting them, not dealing with them. And I think that's what it is. It's an outlet. And then, you know, kids don't really deal with the things inside of them and what's going on. And they just kind of go to this outlet. I'm just going to go here. I'm just going to, you know, get into out of my reality and go into a different reality. And that is um, a scary place to be. And so he said, Mom, it was the best thing that happened. 8.30 is our time. Anne-Marie Bianchi is our guest. If you would like to talk with her this morning or you've got something you'd like to uh, uh, talk to us about, 573-633-5395, the Key Radio Community Hotline. As we uh, step aside for information from Stacy Johnson and LakeExpo.com, Chris Schneider and Lake TV, news, sports, and more of The Daily Show coming up right here on Key Radio. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, March 6th. 
Lake of the Ozarks Marine Dealers saw near-record turnout at this year's St. Charles Boat Show. The 2022 show saw nearly 6,000 attendees, but this year nearly 9,000 came to the St. Charles Show. Boaters will be looking for their dream boat. will have the chance to take one for a ride at the final Londa show of the season. That's the Spring in Water Boat Show set for April 21st through the 23rd at Dog Days Bar and Grill. And a woman has been charged with murder in the case of 62-year-old Thomas Gifford. 39-year-old Chrisma Doxa Ellis was arrested for the murder of Gifford, who was found dead in a home in Camden County Thursday, February 16th. An acquaintance of Ellis stated that Ellis said she had been at her boyfriend's house and a fight occurred and she stabbed the boyfriend several times. Ellis reportedly said she believed the boyfriend was dead and she was waiting for the police because of it. Ellis has been charged with felony murder and is being held without bond. And Dan Mears, the mascot for the Kansas City Chiefs, KC Wolf, will be speaking at a fundraiser for Lake of the Ozarks Scout Reservation and all scouting youth in the lake area this Wednesday. Mears will be addressing a crowd at Margaritaville at noon. There's no charge to attend, but a donation will be requested from those attending the luncheon. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by Adair's Wildlife Removal Service, offering affordable solutions for all of your residential and commercial nuisance animal problems. Adair's keeps the wildlife where it belongs, in the wild. Serving Camden, Miller, and Morgan Counties. Online at adairs-animals.com or call 573-378-8739. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Spring training baseball continuing today. The Cardinals taking on the Tigers today as they continue Grapefruit League action in Florida. The Royals down in Arizona. They have today off. They will take on the White Sox tomorrow. College baseball off and running. Mizzou off to a good start. They are 9-2 and two on the young season. They will play against Western Illinois this afternoon. As for the MSU Bears, just 7-4. and four. They will play tomorrow on the road against Central Arkansas. As for uh, softball, the MSU ladies, 15-6, and six, looking good. They will play tomorrow against Kansas City, and the MSU ladies not doing so well. They're 8-10. and 10. They will play this weekend in the Wichita State Tournament. As for high school basketball, it is the... Show Me State Final Four. They uh, That gets underway for the boys and girls. Smaller schools, classes 1, 2, and 3. They will start that up on Thursday. College Hoops, Mizzou is 23-8 and eight as they head into SEC tournament play. The four-seed Tigers get a double bye, so they don't have to play their first game until Friday in that uh, SEC tournament. St. Louis Blues busy on the road against the Coyotes tonight. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including the Community Spotlight Show every day, 902, 302, and 702, where you get to know a local community leader a whole lot better. That's the Community Spotlight Show every day on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday.
The goal of Key Radio is to offer the community an opportunity to share information and to express their ideas and opinions. Key Radio presents a platform for all types of information. We encourage interested content providers to create podcasts that explain the finer points of business, family issues, arts and entertainment, religion, government, and more. Key Radio is also looking for unique and one-of-a-kind podcasts as well. Key Radio is based on positive and productive podcasts that encourage and inspire our listeners to become engaged in their community. For more information on becoming a content provider, call 573-280-0532 or go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. You're listening to 89.3 The Key. Key Radio, K-E-Y-K, keeps you in the know. What better way to spend the day than the 39th Annual Lake of the Ozarks St. Patrick's Day Parade? Come to the historic Bagnell Dam Strip at Lake of the Ozarks, Saturday, March 18th at 1 p.m. Grab the lawn chairs for an afternoon of family fun, watching the various floats, cars, motorcycles, and even boats as they make their trip along the strip. That's the St. Patrick's Day Parade, March 18th at Bagnell Dam. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Expo. Evolutionists and biblical creationists are both looking at the same evidence. The difference is that creationists accept observational reality without the add-on belief in one kind of animal morphing into another. The biblical view of life is that life was created, engineered if you will. God created the kinds and coded each genome to allow change within each kind in order to ensure survival in a changing world. All of the kinds have been in existence from the beginning, consistent with the Cambrian explosion evidence, although creationists differ with the humanist time frame. Consistent with the evidence, we expect to see living things easily classified according to kind. Because all living things were designed by the same creator, we should expect to see similar body part features among the kinds. The question is what believers should believe. Similarity is not from evolutionary development, but is rather the result of a good engineer using features that work for different applications. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. Positive programming provided by you on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3, The Key. Here we are at 8.37. A reminder, David Stokes from the Show Me Institute will join me in hour number two. And we are going to talk a little bit about casinos at the lake. We might also talk a little bit uh, about local government. But uh, David is always a great go-to when we want to talk about various things, um, gosh, regarding just about anything in the state. Right now, Anne-Marie Bianchi is joining us in the studio. We'll talk to her in just um, a moment or so. Just want to update you real quick on the forecast. Could see some rain maybe today, but there is a good possibility for that rain tonight. Looks like a 90% chance, 55 the high, 41 the low. Quite a a turn of events weather-wise since... uh, since yesterday we had uh, such beautiful weekend weather and started out the week very nice got up to about 72 73 yesterday maybe a little warmer in other areas but it's uh, it's gonna be okay folks pretty soon you'll be complaining about how hot it is and oh my gosh i can't wait for the cool weather boy it'd be great if we had snow uh you know six and one half dozen of another uh, you can't make 100% of the people happy 100% of the time. Just not going to happen. Morning showers on Wednesday, and uh, how about some showers possible on Thursday, partly cloudy and 53 on Friday, uh, afternoon showers on Saturday, and then uh, rain, it looks like, possible on uh, Sunday as well. 
the high of about 49 degrees. It is a beautiful day to be alive and live at the Lake of the Ozarks. Amory, let's uh, let's take a phone call and uh, and see what's going on. See what's uh, on people's let's minds this morning. Caller, good morning. You're on the Daily Show. What's up? Hi, Ann. I was just kind of curious when you, when you and Scott decided to. Um, well, first of all, what made you guys decide to relocate? relocate and then what made you choose lake of the ozarks everyone's always curious why people move here absolutely good question great question thank you um well we um when we were in uh, back in illinois um we were newly married uh, we were married on october of 2019 and after that's when right before covid hit and um up north as you very well know they locked down a lot of um businesses and schools and um we were basically homebound working transitioning into that and um uh, we've done a lot of work um i've done a lot of work in nonprofit and other services and so a lot we just saw a lot of people in need and so we just started praying and we just said what you know what 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 does god have for us what more do we have to do um I, you know, we have that date when we, we are born and we have the date that we are, we die. And, you know, all my life, I want that dash between the date I was born and the date I died to mean something. And so what more can we do as a couple? And we have a passion for the community and for, uh, for helping those most in need. And so we just said, well, let's start looking um, for where, if we wanted to move where we want to move. And we kind of just eliminated different areas of the country. And um, Scott came down to the Ozarks um, several times before he met me and he just really felt there was a, a, you know, there was a call to come down and we, he didn't know what that was. He loved the area, but um, through his trip, it just didn't seem like the timing was right. Um, and then a few years ago when I was, or many years ago when I was um, in, during my first marriage, I came down to the Ozarks and area and to the Sullivan area. And I really liked uh, Missouri and I thought, uh, we were we were planning to move down here, and that didn't happen. So when we were kind of having this conversation, we're like, where would we go? We love the top topography of the area. Um, we love nature. We love um, the different variations of hills and, and pastures and, and things like that. So when we started looking, we just said, okay, this is we've narrowed it down to this region and uh, Missouri in general was the, was the consensus of where we're going to look first. And so that's where we began our search. And then um, during COVID we were very flexible with our work schedules. And so we were um, just traveling down here, visiting the area, visiting different parts of Missouri and Southern Missouri to see where we land. Um, But we really think Ozark area is so unique um, because you can feel um, we feel very much in that we have a a country kind of living but there is um, you know needed necessities and stores and things that we have here at Lake the Ozarks that we love and Osage Beach and so we um, we like that combination and so that's when we said okay let's really start concentrating in this area and that's that's where it all began. Well, that's awesome. We're, I mean, we're definitely really glad to have you guys in the community. You're definitely an asset to our community and love having you guys here. Thank you. We appreciate it. We really love it. We really have loved the people and uh, loved coming here. And um, it's been challenging, but it's been, um, we wouldn't change it for the world. We both say we wouldn't have, uh, not, you know, we wouldn't change that decision. That was a decision that was um, God ordained in the right one. Awesome. 
Thank you for the phone I guess call. That's all I had. Uh, we appreciate thank you me. listening this morning, and thank you. You said you're uh, you're a marathon runner. I am. I am. I, did that help you all at all with what you were dealing with? I mean, you don't feel like you're. Uh, I, I don't mean you're running away from your problems, but when you're running a marathon, you've got so many things to focus on. Uh, of course, you want to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's probably different things throughout the course of a, a marathon that you concern yourself with, like the layout of the track, if there any hills, any valleys, whatever. What are some of the things you think about when you're out there running? And and, and does that help to give you clarity and, 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 mm-hmm. and allow you to focus sometimes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when I uh, running just has always been a good outlet for me to uh, think, to um, uh I, I sing a lot when I'm running, um, and and just and just kind of process. And so, you know, when you look at something like a journey like cancer, it is a marathon. Mm. It's not a sprint. This is a marathon. So you have to have those milestones. Just like you're running a marathon, you know, I get through ten miles. You know, usually it gets hard by like twenty. You know, when you're on the mile twenty, and then like people like you know, even me, I struggled then that. To get to 20 to 23, mile 23 was hard. And so that, you know, giving yourself milestones of accomplishments, and that's kind of what I did with my cancer journey. Like when I went through with the chemo, I would say, okay, you know, I'd count down week 13, week 14, week 15. And then I started counting down, you know, we only have 10 left. We only have nine left, you know. And then even with the surgeries, you know, okay, we're going to recover from this one. Let's recover. And, you know, then you tackle the next one. So it's like each, each thing, each point of that journey is a milestone. So you really need to have that goal because it, you know, if, if I looked at it when I first got the diagnosis, wow, Mm -hmm. I, I remember saying, God, I can't do this. Like this, this looks, I mean, six months of chemo, are you Mm -hmm. kidding me? Like I go, I can't do that. Like, and then surgery and then what? And then what? And so I was really over, like initially I was like, wow, I, I can't even grasp it in my head. And so I think biting that off little bit by little bit, and that's like in life with everything, Mm -hmm. you know, just biting that off little by little bit taking that, making that progress really makes a difference only even for your emotional and mental health. Like, okay. I got through this. Okay. Got through that. You know, it's, it's that, it's like that for anything, you know, it's a, it's really important to that emotional and mental. And that's a big part of healing. Right. So I guess being a marathon runner was kind of a good fit for what you were going through because you understand how you have to start the race and how you have to finish the race and everything that goes on in between gives you the perspective. Maybe, as you said, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. So, Talk to me about being involved in the community the way that you are, the way your husband is, and, and you know, you're going through everything that you are with the cancer, and people want to come up to you and give you a hug and tell you it's going to be okay and it's going to be all right. Are they worried about you or, you know, how are you doing? What was, what was the type of person, uh, or who, rather, was the type of person that you were throughout all of this? Did you, you know, go and and say, you know, I'm strong, I'm going to make it? You had this uh, uh, this almost impenetrable spirit and faith. Uh, were there times when people saw you uh, as far as you know vulnerable? Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of describe, you know, because I think you know the caller I think made uh, a good point. You know, we're we're glad to have you and your husband and your family in the community, and it uh, it's made a difference. And you like to get up and 
you like to talk about your faith and preach the word and and uh, did that change at all for you did it become maybe an essential part of your life because you felt as though you were doing that uh, much like you know being a marathon runner it allowed you to have focus and clarity and and, and it really uh, kept you grounded talk a little bit about that yeah i i guess the word i would say is real mm-hmm. i just tried to be real so there would be days that um, I'd be working and working remotely in meetings and I would look really sick and I would just say, you know, I'm so sorry, but I, I'm just not sure. okay today. Right. Um, there'd be times and projects that I had to let go and I'm a very much a doer. I'm very much a Martha kind of person. And so, you know, I wasn't, and to just be honest with myself, like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I need to have someone else step in. I need help. Um, I think just being real in that and just being like, I struggle with this or I'm, I'm sick today or I can't do that or this is a challenge for me right now. Um, being realistic in that expectation of mm-hmm. myself. I am the biggest cr- critic of myself. Guaranteed, hands down, I am the biggest critic of myself. So for me to be um, like let go of things and, and, and feel like I might disappoint somebody is, has, was hard you know, or is hard. It's a lesson learned, but I'm not perfect. So I can't do everything, you know, but I critique it all the time on myself. So when I think, I think it's really important that I just really tried to be, you know, open my life to what the good and, and, and the struggles. Right. And I think that's important because I think people think, oh, you're a Christian. Everything's great. No, it's not. Or everything's easy. No, it's not. Or these seasons are over quickly. No, it's not. I mean, that's not real. Mm. And I just want to be real. Like, I've had these good days and I've had bad days. But I'll tell you this. I know that the Lord is, the Lord during the whole thing, I spent so much time with him. And he literally grabbed me from everything I want, I wanted to do and just said, Mm. I need, you're going to be right here. And he really gave me nuggets of truth and things that I really needed to hear and, and just a deeper understanding of him that you don't get in any other circumstances if you don't go through a trial. So for me, I have just been trying to be honest with people. I don't want pity. Mm. I want to just speak truth. Like this has been this, this was hard, this was that. Um, and I think, you know, with, with Scott too, I just had to be, you know, like, and I, I, I'm, I'm just, and, and he'll see that he's seen that and he'll be like, that's not you. Um, I'm going to, you know, get you outside or, you know, I'm going to have you take your mind off things. And, um, but there's been a, a, a deep joy though, because knowing that the Lord is with you and that there is, that there is hope in him, only in him. I mean, some people go through this and they don't see that hope. And I mean, that's, that's hard. That's heartbreaking because it isn't isn't easy, mm. and so I think that that's really important. Is that really in in anything that we're just real? You know, we'll have good days and bad days like everybody else. We'll have trials and and things that are hard to deal with. But I think if we just keep our eyes on Him, and that's kind of what I did. I just kept my focus on Him. If I, you know, don't think about this, don't think about that, and just do the best you can with what you have, and that's what God asks us to do. And so as far as your relationship with your husband, was there ever a time when you thought to yourself, I need to sit down and I need to figure out how to prepare him in the event things don't go well, things don't turn out the way that, uh, you know, we hope they do? Yeah. 
Is that something that you thought about? Is that something that you maybe in the back of your mind you were trying to put that together in case you had to sit down and have that conversation? Um, and how is this? How is this helped or maybe hurt your relationship in in some instances? Because I know it's it, it's got to be difficult for the person on the outside, the person who is essentially your caregiver, and that was your husband, correct? Mm, yeah. Um, not knowing, uh, just trying to be there to the best of his ability, take care of every little thing that he can possibly take care of. You know, uh, I don't know if you were both working at the time. You know, you, you still have a family. You still have obligations. You still have responsibilities. Mm-hmm. How did the two of you work together or, you know, uh, w- what was that whole situation mm-hmm. like? Because th- that has to be interesting because obviously – no two couples are going to deal with it the same way. Right, right. You know, Scott, I mean, Scott was, I, I would say the one thing that he was very full of, and this still is, it's just part of his character, is grace. Mm-hmm. He just had so much grace on me. He knew, he can see it in my face. I mean, I'm very energetic. I'm very, you know, um, outspoken. Uh, you know, I'm very, I have a lot of energy. Um, I have a lot of enthusiasm and and when he looks at me and I've seen him look at me when I was sick and just going through the whole thing and he can just, I could see it in his face and he, you know, he knows that it's not me. And so he just had a lot of grace on me. Just, it's okay. You know, it's okay. If you have to do that, that's okay. And, you know, there's times my body hurts so bad. I just needed to lay down in the in bed and just be like, I'm sorry, I can't sit here anymore and talk to you. I have to lay down and, and he was like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, this has only drawn us closer. Um, he had had really taken on a role of servant. Um, just, I mean, he's done things that people do, like when we're like married 20 years or 30 years, you know, like well, we thought like 80s, we'd be doing some of the things we've done in the last year. And, but he just served me. And amongst all the responsibilities he has and and where we live and our farm, like he served me. So whatever I needed, he would make sure that I would be, you know, I'd have that. But, you know, and he'd also be realistic and he'd be accountable. Like, okay, you're pushing yourself too much. And I'm like, okay, you're right. Mm. You know, and I know that because I would and I do. And, And so he knows me. And so I think he, this has been a time that we've had to, um, really just rely on each other and really see who you, who you are. You know, when you get married, you have this kind of like, you have your best self, right? <laughs> you're, when you're engaged and stuff. And then when you start getting married early on, you know, you have that honeymoon years, you could, you know, you slowly learn who you are. But when you go through a trial, mm-hmm. that's it. You know who that person is. You see that real person, right? And we really got to see the real like really, really who we are, like really the, the, the meat of each other, mm-hmm. like the characteristics and the person persona that we married. And, and we were been, we're so thankful when we got married to find each other. I think even now we're even more grateful because I would never wanted to walk this without Scott and, and Scott wouldn't want to walk this without me. And so I think that that has been, you know, something that we've thought about over and over again and just have taken those moments. And, and now even those sweeter moments, we cherish more mm. because we know, you know, every day you just don't know. You just don't know. 
Well, that's certainly very true. You just don't know. You don't know what uh, curveball is coming your way each and every day, and so you have to be prepared for it. And sometimes there's really no way to prepare for it. So, again, you just have to kind of trust in uh, the Lord and and, uh, see just exactly what path he takes you down. Yep, that's right. And you may not even know what path you're going down. You just, you know, you just, it's like I see something at the end of the the path, and I'm just going to, follow this path and see where it leads me and what's waiting for me on the on the uh on the other side on the end at the end of the the path it, it, it i i just don't think it's something that a lot of people can put it into perspective if they've never dealt with it yeah. but at the same time who's ever really you know dealt with it you know it's just you go to the doctor for like let's say a routine visit and, you know, you figure you're just going in for a checkup, you know, how, how's the ticker doing, uh, uh, you know, are there any other problems, how's my cholesterol, you know, mm-hmm. basic things that, you know, mm-hmm. we, we think about all the time. And, mm-hmm. and, oh, by the way, the doctor says, uh, we see something that's uh, a little puzzling, we'd like to bring you in, mm-hmm. do some tests, they do the tests, in the back of your mind you're going, oh, man, what in the world is, is going on here, and you don't know. And then you find out it's cancer, and then all of a sudden, uh, did the whole situation change for you? Was it like, well, we'll take this in stride with everything else? Because mm-hmm. uh, I would, again, different strokes for different folks on, mm-hmm. on how you handle things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when I got the news, I I actually got the news before the doctor called me. And I'm reading through this and studying it and trying to understand what it meant. And I called Scott over um, and and I just looked at him and like, well, let's just get through this. Um, and it didn't really hit me until like a few days afterwards. And even still now, I'm just like, wow, you know, I went through cancer. I went through, you know, it's just not something you, it's hard to, to kind of absorb and process. Um, and so I think in the beginning, it's it's a shock to anyone. Sure. It really is. It, you just, nothing can prepare you for that kind of news, nothing. Um, and I think when I, when I really hit me is when I talked to my sister and I, it was like, wow. And cause our mo- mother had breast cancer. And so, um, it was really just one of those things. That, and then, you know, I, when you go through something like that, it really it has to do with your mindset. Mm-hmm. What is your mindset going to be? Cause you can be, um, negative and, um, fear and uh, sad and down and, and think of all those things or you can be positive and um, stand on the, the the word God gives us and continue to you know move forward each step even if you feel like you have no strength mm-hmm. I mean it's kind of like those two paths and and I said I'm not going to go this route I, I don't want to go to this I mean I processed and I took the time to feel those emotions that's important to, to feel the loss, to feel this fear, to feel um, the, the just absorb the news. But then once you get on that path, it's like, okay, I'm going to just step forward this way. And this is what I, how I, my outlook was going to be. And that's kind of what I decided. And I knew that would help me mentally and emotionally to get through that as well, because that is a huge component of, of healing when you're going through a chronic illness. Absolutely. We've got uh, about a minute or so left. Um... Do you feel like you've handled things well? Um, do you feel like there's more left as far as, um, I don't know, 
getting out and, 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 and talking to other people that uh, are dealing with cancer and talking to families and make sure they understand how, you know, how it's easy for something like this to step in and just, you know, rip a family apart. Mm-hmm. And uh, the person who is suffering can go off the deep end and the person who's the caregiver not knowing what to do can go off the deep end. And the kids who feel like, uh, oh, I don't want to lose my mom or I don't want to lose my dad, they go off the deep end. Mm-hmm. Did have you ever felt like that? Did you ever feel that at, at any point? Did your husband? Did your kids ever feel any of that? Uh, as far as you know, just uh, going through it. I mean, you want to get on the path. You want to stay focused. You want to move forward. But I'm sure there were days when you know things didn't really go oh, according absolutely. to plan. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It. It. I mean, you have days where you know. Um, I was just you know you question the thoughts coming around. You question what. What is this? What is the purpose of this? Um, what? Because I am a doer. Mm-hmm. So when you're not able to do stuff, mm-hmm. you know, you really work on. You really see, like, okay, you know, it's okay that I am. I could be myself in it without doing right. Because right? right. you know that doesn't create who I am, right? Um, the the Lord has created who I am and my characteristics, and so I think you know knowing that you have peace and you can be yourself in that space and that time and not um, you know go to other things is really important. So I think that's that's more of what I did. Before we let you go, yeah. Quote us that verse again, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, sure. It's um, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 16, 13 to 14. It says, be vigilant, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong, and let all you do, do in love. Henry Bianchi, I appreciate you coming back to be on the show. And we will tell folks that uh, probably the next time uh, we've got Anne-Marie on, we're going to talk a little bit uh, with some local business people. Yeah, and that's kind of the let's do it. That's kind of the whole uh, purpose of, 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 of uh, what do they say? Uh, you know, getting your feet wet uh, to have her in. But I'm so glad that you have again come back to share and uh, talk to us and to uh, give those out there who may be dealing with uh, some of the same circumstances you're going through personally, or maybe members of your family. Give them a little hope. Give them something to think about and uh, realize and understand. Put it all in the Lord's hands, and you will be surprised what happens. Amen. And if you, if anyone needs encouragement or support, I mean, you can email me. It's Anne Marie at WhiteWindWarrior.org. Right up there. That's right. <laughs> Nine oh one on the Midwest Coast. We'll uh, take the break. Stacy Johnson with LakeExpo.com. Chris Schneider with Lake TV. We're back with David Stokes from the Show Me Institute. We'll talk a little casino gambling. We'll. Also get into uh, some of the things going on here locally as far as government is concerned. It's all a part of The Daily Show on Key Radio. The Lake of the Ozarks' only community radio station. That's right. You've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks. 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, March 6th. 
Lake of the Ozarks Marine Dealers saw near-record turnout at this year's St. Charles Boat Show. The 2022 show saw nearly 6,000 attendees, but this year nearly 9,000 came to the St. Charles Show. Boaters will be looking for their dream boat. will have the chance to take one for a ride at the final Wanda show of the season. That's the Spring and Water Boat Show set for April 21st through the 23rd at Dog Days Bar and Grill. And a woman has been charged with murder in the case of 62-year-old Thomas Gifford. 39-year-old Chris Madoxa Ellis was arrested for the murder of Gifford, who was found dead in a home in Camden County Thursday, February 16th. An acquaintance of Ellis stated that Ellis said she had been at her boyfriend's house and a fight occurred and she stabbed the boyfriend several times. Ellis reportedly said she believed the boyfriend was dead and she was waiting for the police because of it. Ellis has been charged with felony murder and is being held without bond. And Dan Mears, the mascot for the Kansas City Chiefs, KC Wolf, will be speaking at a fundraiser for Lake of the Ozark Scout Reservation and all scouting youth in the Lake area this Wednesday. Mears will be addressing a crowd at Margaritaville at noon. There's no charge to attend, but a donation will be requested from those attending the luncheon. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what, what were the events, what are the things behind the scenes here, what, what led to this. Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why it well it's because the news told us join professor jim paisley thursdays and saturdays at 6 a.m 2 p.m and 10 p.m for the true history professor program on 89.3 the key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Spring training baseball continuing today. The Cardinals taking on the Tigers today as they continue Grapefruit League action in Florida. The Royals down in Arizona. They have today off. They will take on the White Sox tomorrow. College baseball off and running. Mizzou off to a good start. They are 9-2 and two on the young season. They will play against Western Illinois this afternoon. As for the MSU Bears, just seven and four. They will play tomorrow on the road against Central Arkansas. As for uh, softball, the MSU ladies. 15 and 6 looking good. They will play tomorrow against Kansas City and the MSU ladies not doing so well. They're 8 and 10. They will play this weekend in the Wichita State Tournament. As for high school basketball, it is the 
Show Me State Final Four. They uh, That gets underway for the boys and girls smaller schools, classes 1, 2, and 3. They will start that up on Thursday. College Hoops, Mizzou is 23-8 and eight as they head into SEC tournament play. The four-seed Tigers get a double bye, so they don't have to play their first game until Friday in that uh, SEC tournament. St. Louis Blues busy on the road against the Coyotes tonight. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including the Community Spotlight Show every day, 902, 302, and 702, where you get to know a local community leader a whole lot better. That's the Community Spotlight Show every day on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. Lake TV brings you five local shows to let you know what's going on and help you get to know our area's movers and shakers. Lake TV also brings you live high school football and basketball and a weekly coaches show. Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku, Amazon Fire, and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. Key Radio, K-E-Y-K, keeps you in the know. The Camdenton Area Chamber of Commerce invites you to the 72nd Annual Dogwood Festival taking place April 20th through the 22nd in downtown Camdenton. Festivities include student showcases, food and craft vendors, dinner theater, garage and bake sales, pageants, a carnival, a parade, and so much more. Visit camdentonchamber.com for event details. Join the fun at the Dogwood Festival April 20th through the 22nd. This is Bill Munhausen for the What Makes Sense show on Key Radio. It's a biblical perspective without the pat answers that infect some of Christian talk. We're about solutions to most of life's issues, less theory, more answers, confront what is evil and champion what is good, extend grace to those who are still seeking. I investigate answers in politics, social issues, church, and more. It's what makes sense. In the 7 a.m. and 3 p.m. hours, Check the schedule at keyradio.live.
This is your chance to get involved in community radio, Lake of the Ozarks, with 89.3, the key, 909, and a hearty high of silver to all of you listening this morning, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. I appreciate you taking the time to tune in, 89.3, keyradio.live, free apps for your iPhones and Androids, and also the SRG Financial Advisors, Key Radio, in-studio, live camera, which is uh, sending those pictures out across the, uh, as Rush Limbaugh would say, fruited plain to wherever you may be this morning. Good morning to uh, CJ and Dave Dunkley. Got some good news from CJ and Dave, and we're going to share that with you on Thursday morning. Uh, they have been working uh, to uh, help out some uh, some veterans that they work with and how uh, this uh, recent bit of good news is uh, going to really help folks out who uh, want to get together and to uh, participate in the Healing Box Project. And we're going to talk with them a little bit more on March 29th. March 29th is a day to remember Vietnam veterans. And we will do that with the help of the Daughters of the American Revolution. I had a nice meeting, a nice get-together with these ladies, the Lynn Creek branch of the Daughters of the American Revolution, and we are planning a uh, a whole two-hour event to remember our Vietnam veterans. 9-11 is our time. Let's take a quick peek at the weather forecast, and then we'll bring on Mr. David Stokes from the Show Me Institute. Right now, 41 degrees in Osage Beach, 55 the high. Slight chance of a shower, otherwise generally cloudy. Rain likely tonight, a low of 41. Some uh, morning showers and 45 tomorrow. Showers and 49 on Thursday. Partly cloudy and 53 on Friday. Then some uh, shower activity possible Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. About an 80% chance as of now. 48 the high on Saturday. Then showers and 49. About a 50-50 shot on Sunday. Another beautiful day at the lake, and of course, here at the uh, Lake of the Ozarks, the buzzword for some time has been casino. And there is a talk of some groups that would like to put a casino here at the Lake of the Ozarks. There's a private organization. There's the Indian-run casino. There are people that are taking sides as to whether or not uh, the lake area needs a casino. Other folks think that uh, we don't need it. We can do just fine without it. But I thought I would bring in Mr. Stokes this morning from the Show Me Institute to uh, talk a little bit about a casino and where things are as of right now. And we say good morning to David Stokes and uh, welcome him into the program. It is known as The Daily Show. Good morning, David. How in the world are you? I'm doing great, KB. Great to be on the air with you and your listeners, as always, my friend. It is, uh, you know, quite a quite an attention getter. It is quite a, a conversation starter. It is uh, something that you're going to get varying opinions on when it comes to casino gambling at the Lake of the Ozarks, and it's something that we've been talking about now, probably off and on for the last several years. But uh, here in recent months, things are uh, starting to kind of line up to see where this goes and whether or not. We will have a casino, either a private casino or an Indian-run casino, uh, at the lake 
here in uh, in the future. It could be uh, several years down the road, but there are groups that are taking a position, and uh, people look at it from, uh, obviously, different vantage points. Uh, I was just curious with the uh, research that you have done, David. Uh, where do you see uh, a casino at the Lake of the Ozarks? Do you see this uh, as, as, as something that's actually going to come to fruition? And um, who do you think has a better chance of getting a casino established, uh, the private group or the uh, Indian-run casino? Well, I think it's going to be talk, – talk about life-imitating art here, mm. KB. <laughs> I mean, this, this is it's – almost, it's almost disturbingly uh, like imitating, imitating the, the, the show that we don't even have to say the name of the show. We all know what I'm talking about right. here. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. So to your listeners, this is at once both a Camden County and a Lake of the Ozark issue, but in another way, it's a statewide issue since there is a state law limiting the number of casinos in the state. So any new casino, this is why it becomes, this is where it becomes a statewide issue is that any new casino is they're going to have to amend that state law. And that's going to have to be voted on. But I believe by the people of the state of Missouri mm-hmm. to approve any new casino anywhere in the state of Missouri, not just in, in Lake of the Ozark area, but the argument now, and for fairly obvious reasons, being the, the tourist stronghold and hotbed that it, it is, that adding a casino to the Lake of the Ozark region would be beneficial to both the region and the state. And there's certainly very good arguments for that. Personally speaking, just so people know where I come from, I'm definitely, I'm definitely torn on the casino issue, and I do not claim to have all the answers to this one, and and that's probably a good thing. I I always I like to think anybody who tells you they have all the answers is probably is probably misleading you at some point. So here's so look as a pretty libertarian guy, and that shouldn't surprise any of your listeners with the knowing what they may or may not know about the. I certainly don't like limits. Uh, I certainly don't think there's anything immoral about gambling. I think people should be able to lo- legally allowed to, to gamble. I think like, like other vices, it certainly can become, you do too much of it, it can become a real problem. And I also think that economies that depend too much on it, that can become very, very dangerous as well. So that's where I'm sort of torn here. I don't, I don't want a casino in every town in the state of Missouri. I don't think that would benefit our society to have us be casinos right and left and gambling right and left and poker, you know, po- poker machines at every gas station. I think there's a lot of societal issues that will come from that. I'm similarly troubled by the state law that was put in, of course, voter approved, but backed by the existing casinos to limit the number of casinos. That's, that sort of rank protectionism that it doesn't take much time to, to see through and admit the problems that come with, with that. So, so that with all those caveats on both sides, mm-hmm. so now you get the issue of should Camden County, I mean, should the Lake of the Ozark region um, be allowed to have a, a casino here? And boy, oh boy, just trying to pay attention to a lot of the, the background battling going on, and I'm not on... I'm not a lobbyist in Jefferson City every day, so I'm just reading the the reports that are out there in the in the public of the committee hearings that sort of descended into a a bit of nastiness by the standards of Jefferson City. I certainly do think, in the long run, 
uh, casino will eventually be approved for the Lake of the Ozark region. I do think it it economically makes sense that at least one casino in that region probably has a lot of benefits, and due to the nature of the, the tourist area, I, I think the harms would be uh, substantially mitigated in this instance. So I think it would ha- will happen, I think, in the long run. I think it probably you know, should happen, and I use that term should sort of in, in air quotes, don't take it too literally. And when I say should, I mean I think the long-run benefits of it probably outweigh the long-run harms of it in this particular part of the part of the state. And I think it will happen because it, it does make economic sense. Now, as to how it's going to happen, I have no idea. I have witnessed in other parts of the state battles over licensing. Uh, St. Louis County, you know, 15 years ago, you'd have put, to use a gambling analogy, you'd have put a lot of money on the political backing and support that there was for a North St. Louis County casino. And then in the end, it lost. And nobody thought that was going to lose. And they ended up putting one in South St. Louis County. And that may not mean much to your listeners, but the point is that if you're betting, again, to stick with the theme of the conversation, if you're betting on who's going to win the eventual license, be it the Indian tribe, the Osage tribe, or the private business group in the region, Osage River Company, whatever the exact title is, I have no idea how that's going to play out because so much of that is going to be behind the scenes and working into the politics of, of both the state and the local the local area. So, again, the, that's where that St. Louis County analogy stands pretty well because nobody would have bet, nobody would have guessed that the South County uh, project would be the eventual winner, yet, yet it was for reasons that had to do with elections and politics and who had stronger supporters here and there. And at first blush, it looked like the one in North County had all that. But it turned out they didn't. So who knows, deep in the, deep in the smoke-filled rooms of the Lake of the Ozark region, mm. the decisions are, are made, Who's got the stronger support, <coughs> Osage Tribe or the Osage River Company? I do not know the answer to that. All I know is that that's going to be hard to predict. But I'm sure the I'm sure the infighting will be will be brutal in a political sense. And if, just to judge by how that people reacted to the one committee hearing that they had in Jefferson City, if that's any indication, it's going to be a, a rough and tumble game for the next few years. It certainly is. Now, anytime you mention a casino, there are certain things that automatically pop into people's minds. The, um, I guess if you want to call it kind of the element that a casino brings with it, uh, certain groups of people that like to uh, maybe, I don't know, not necessarily frequent casinos, but some of the things that you may find in relation to a casino. Obviously, uh, people who are addicted to gambling could become a problem for them. Could see a rise in uh, crime. Could see a rise in drugs, uh, drug use. Could see a rise in things like, uh, who knows, prostitution. But I hate to tell people, a lot of that already exists at the lake to begin with. So, you know, what what do you do? How do you frame it so that uh, 
Uh, people don't necessarily think, well, you know, that's what it's going to bring in. Is it going to be a situation of a group that pays taxes versus a group that doesn't pay taxes? There's another issue because uh, people would uh, say if you're going to bring these uh, types of businesses to the lake, what is uh, going to be the benefit? Who is going to benefit? How is the lake going to benefit from something like this? And, of course, you've got to the business community. What are they going to bring into the lake area that could potentially take business away from me, depending on what kind of a business I own, some sort of a, an entertainment uh, establishment or a restaurant or any other type of business that might actually lose business in relation to having to deal with a casino in the area? Is it something that's really going Going to draw people into the area. Yes, we are a tourist destination. Yes, people come to the lake. But now you kind of have an interesting little possible one-two punch in all of this. With the legalization, David, of recreational marijuana, uh, you know, people are still going to come to the lake. People are still going to visit. Now are they going to uh, uh, fire one up when they're out doing their thing? Because uh, it is perfectly legal to smoke recreational marijuana. Obviously, there are certain laws, there are certain things in place. Add to this the uh, possibility of a casino. And some people would say, you know what? The lake is just turning into a cesspool like every other place that there is. So those are some of the arguments that uh, are obviously being floated out there for any number of reasons. I don't know how you try to break it down and convince people that uh, casino gambling uh, may not necessarily be a bad thing. I mean, as far as, uh, you know, we're talking sports betting in the state of Missouri. That's something that they're looking at uh, adding at some particular point, and you're getting a lot of these uh, professional sports teams that are getting on board with this uh, this way of thinking, with sports betting. But uh, I don't know. Do you, do you really have anything that uh, could change people's minds in terms of uh, a, a casino being beneficial to an area? You know, KB, I, I want to touch on a few of the things you brought up. But first, I want to stress, I'm, I'm the last person who should be seen as a, a defender of the casino industry or in any way an advocate for it. I'm, mm-hmm. I, as I tried to start off with, I see, I see absolute pluses and downsides to expanded gambling. So I'm, I'm absolutely not here trying to say that I personally think that the Lake of the Ozarks needs a casino. That right, is right. not true. I, if you're asking my long-term prognostications, I think one will eventually come. But I absolutely see both the pluses to it and the downsides to it. So let's, let's get to a few of the things you brought up. And one is the very important question of sort of in economics, I guess you would call it crowding out. Uh, sort of crowding. What does the casino bring to the entertainment and tourist industry of the greater Lake of the Ozarks region? Does it bring in new money, new tourists, new travelers who then spend some of that new money at the casino. But in, in the, on the big picture, there's now more money, more jobs, more taxes, more growth to benefit everybody, a rising tide lifting all boats, even if it's a, a boat that has some holes in it, which a casino certainly would. <laughs> or, or, or is it where a new casino in there you know, in in central Missouri, where you know, if you're, does it not bring in new people to the Lake of the Ozarks, or at least does it not bring in a lot of new people? And does it then sort of redirect the current entertain the current tourists, the current 
vacationers, the current second homeowners, do they take the money they're now spending at other bars, restaurants, you know, go-kart places, and golf courses? We could go on and on and on with the wonderful options. Does Is there not a whole lot of new money brought in and the existing economic factor, does more of that then go to the casino? And that's what you meant, I think, by do the restaurants and do other ones lose sure, in the end? Absolutely. And that is, that is a great question, and I do not know the answer to that. When you put a casino on a state line, like in in Kansas City or St. Louis, you presumably find people from other states coming into Missouri then to spend their entertainment money, and you no doubt have that. Mm-hmm. I know, look, I'm not saying only people from Missouri go to the Lake of the Ozark. I'm well, well, well aware that people from throughout the Midwest own second homes there, travel there for vacations, and come from from throughout the Midwest of this country. But but does it bring in new people, new tourists, new money, grow the economy to everybody's benefit, or does it mostly subdivide the existing money there, which, as you say, could mean certain businesses could lose in the long run, and there's really no overall growth? I don't know the answer to that. I, I suspect that there would certainly be some people who would then come, now that there's a casino, would say, all right, now I'm going to go to the Lake of the Ozark, and one night I'm going to gamble, and one night I'm going to go just out to the restaurants and spend a few. I certainly think it would bring in some new money and some new business. In the Overall, though, is, does that bring enough of it to that it's not crowding out the other, the other, the current money, and it's mostly economic growth, which would be wonderful for the region? I, I don't know. I am not able to to predict that, nor would I be comfortable predicting it. I certainly hope that would be the, the truth. I think it might well be the truth. It might well be the long-term effect. But these are the decisions people are going to have to try and study and make. And I wouldn't just take the word of the casino industry for it. The casino industry is, a, is certainly in it to, to make money, <coughs> and they don't care whether there's long-term economic growth for everyone or if they take the money from the existing golf courses and restaurants and bars. Makes no difference to them. But I hope I hope there would be enough new money and new investment to to have economic growth for all. Mm-hmm. And there well might be. As as to the question on the taxes, I that's a tricky one. I've read the, the op eds put out by Osage Nation about how, you know, the idea that they don't pay taxes is overstated as a there might be some local taxes they're exempt from, some property taxes and the like. They say, and I believe them, that they make payments in lieu of taxes for fire protection, police protection, and the like, where else other places they do business. I believe them when they, when they say that. Those pilots might not be as much as local property taxes would require, but I, I don't doubt that they'd be substantial. And I say this because, look, <laughs> I've been to... Uh, Nation, casinos owned by tr- tribes uh, in New Buffalo, Michigan, and in Connecticut. The one in New Buffalo, Michigan is the one I'm more familiar with. Certainly, that that casino, which is owned by uh, an Indian tribe in, in Michigan, certainly is supporting local government in New Buffalo, Michigan, and funding local services in New Buffalo, Michigan. I go there enough to know that they've they've got excellent local services there police and fire and roads and the like in, uh, again, the town is New Buffalo. Anybody can Google it. 
So I'm sure that that casino is making some type of payments to, to local government there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do, I do trust the op-ed. I, I can't, I, I'm just trusting him at this point. My personal experience has seen uh, lo- quality local services around an Indian-owned casino. So I believe that. Would, would the private business, non-tribal, pay a little more in taxes? They very well, they very well might. And these are, the, these are the questions and debates that everybody can have. Because I don't think this is going to happen fast. I think there's plenty of time for this to be discussed and debated and the hard work of democracy go, going into it. We are just about at the bottom of the hour, David, so we'll step aside and uh, come on back with uh, some more talk on casinos and possibly get into uh, some things going on here locally with government as well. Our guest is David Stokes from the Show Me Institute, and uh, we are ready for our final break of the morning, our bottom of the hour break, which features Stacey Johnson and our friends, our media partners from LakeExpo.com. Also, Chris Schneider and our media partners from Lake TV. Stacy with local news, Chris with a check of sports, and you, you wonderful radio listener, you, you have found us. We're The Daily Show on Key Radio. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, March 6th. Lake of the Ozarks Marine Dealers saw near-record turnout at this year's St. Charles Boat Show. The 2022 show saw nearly 6,000 attendees, but this year nearly 9,000 came to the St. Charles Show. Boaters will be looking for their dream boat. will have the chance to take one for a ride at the final Wanda show of the season. That's the Spring and Water Boat Show set for April 21st through the 23rd at Dog Days Bar and Grill. And a woman has been charged with murder in the case of 62-year-old Thomas Gifford. 39-year-old Chris Doxa Ellis was arrested for the murder of Gifford, who was found dead in a home in Camden County Thursday, February 16th. An acquaintance of Ellis stated that Ellis said she had been at her boyfriend's house and a fight occurred and she stabbed the boyfriend several times. Ellis reportedly said she believed the boyfriend was dead and she was waiting for the police because of it. Ellis has been charged with felony murder and is being held without bond. And Dan Mears, the mascot for the Kansas City Chiefs, KC Wolf, will be speaking at a fundraiser for Lake of the Ozark Scout Reservation and all scouting youth in the Lake area this Wednesday. Mears will be addressing a crowd at Margaritaville at noon. There's no charge to attend, but a donation will be requested from those attending the luncheon. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by Adair's Wildlife Removal Service, offering affordable solutions for all of your residential and commercial nuisance animal problems. Adair's keeps the wildlife where it belongs, in the wild. Serving Camden, Miller, and Morgan Counties. Online at adairs-animals.com or call 573-378-8739. 573-378-8739.
Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Spring training baseball continuing today. The Cardinals taking on the Tigers today as they continue Grapefruit League action in Florida. The Royals down in Arizona. They have today off. They will take on the White Sox tomorrow. College baseball off and running. Mizzou off to a good start. They are 9-2 and two on the young season. They will play against Western Illinois this afternoon. As for the MSU Bears, just 7-4, and four. they will play tomorrow on the road against Central Arkansas. As for uh, softball, the MSU ladies, 15-6, and six, looking good. They will play tomorrow against Kansas City, and the MSU ladies not doing so well. They're 8-10. and 10. They will play this weekend in the Wichita State Tournament. As for high school basketball, it is the Show Me State Final Four. They uh, That gets underway for the boys and girls' smaller schools, classes 1, 2, and 3. They will start that up on Thursday. College Hoops, Mizzou is 23-8 and eight as they head into SEC tournament play. The four-seed Tigers get a double bye, so they don't have to play their first game until Friday in that uh, SEC tournament. St. Louis Blues busy on the road against the Coyotes tonight. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including the Community Spotlight Show every day, 902 302 and 702 where you get to know a local community leader a whole lot better that's the community spotlight show every day on lake tv i'm chris schneider with your key radio lake tv sports update for this tuesday the goal of key radio is to offer the community an opportunity to share information and to express their ideas and opinions Key Radio presents a platform for all types of information. We encourage interested content providers to create podcasts that explain the finer points of business, family issues, arts and entertainment, religion, government, and more. Key Radio is also looking for unique and one-of-a-kind podcasts as well. Key Radio is based on positive and productive podcasts that encourage and inspire our listeners to become engaged in their community. For more information on becoming a content provider, call 573-280-0532 or go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. You're listening to 89.3 The Key. Key Radio, K-E-Y-K, keeps you in the know. What better way to spend the day than the 39th Annual Lake of the Ozarks St. Patrick's Day Parade? Come to the historic Bagnell Dam Strip at Lake of the Ozarks, Saturday, March 18th at 1 p.m. Grab the lawn chairs for an afternoon of family fun, watching the various floats, cars, motorcycles, and even boats as they make their trip along the strip. That's the St. Patrick's Day Parade, March 18th at Bagnell Dam. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Expo. Evolutionists and biblical creationists are both looking at the same evidence. The difference is that creationists accept observational reality without the add-on belief in one kind of animal morphing into another. The biblical view of life is that life was created, engineered if you will. God created the kinds and coded each genome to allow change within each kind in order to ensure survival in a changing world. All of the kinds have been in existence from the beginning, consistent with the Cambrian explosion evidence, although creationists differ with the humanist time frame. Consistent with the evidence, we expect to see living things easily classified according to kind. Because all living things were designed by the same creator, 
we should expect to see similar body part features among the kinds. The question is what believers should believe. Similarity is not from evolutionary development, but is rather the result of a good engineer using features that work for different applications. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. Positive programming provided by you on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3, The Key. Hey, 937, good to have you back with us on the, uh, well, gosh, the Tuesday edition of The Daily Show. Coming up on the program tomorrow, we'll talk a little bit about borders and uh, illegal immigration with Herb Brownell. And in hour number two, we'll talk things over with Professor Jim Paisley. Get his perspective on uh, how things happening today have uh, probably already happened. And are we paying attention with our good friend, the True History Professor? You can check out his website as well, truehistoryprofessor.com. Our guest is David Stokes, talking a little bit about casinos at the Lake of the Ozarks. And man, oh man, we've sure got uh, a lot of folks uh, into the argument, depending on what side you have decided to take. 43 degrees, by the way, in Osage Beach as we broadcast live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. David, you know, casinos, uh, again, uh, there's somewhat of a stigma that goes with a casino, I think. uh, But with what we're looking at here, and and we made some interesting points, and I think uh, maybe most people know this, uh, private casino, they will pay taxes. But will that money essentially go toward things like roads and infrastructure, things that we're looking for? Uh, We do know, as you mentioned, that the Indian Casino, uh, maybe if you go talk to them and tell them what the the community needs, they'll just turn around and say, okay, fine. Uh, We know what we want to make each and every year as far as our casino is concerned. And we'll take a percentage of that and turn around and, and put it back into the community. We'll help build up the roads. We'll help with schools. We'll help with the fire department, with the police department, with things that uh, people say they need in the community. We'll help out some of the local charities, uh, groups and organizations that are here to help people. Um, you know, and, and again, as far as a casino being a destination location, and, and, and I think you made a very valid point in the first portion of the hour when we said, you know, a, a lot of the casinos that we see in the state, now there is the Isle of Capri, which is still located, I believe, in Boonville, in uh, basically uh, the central portion of our state. But most casinos are located right around Kansas City and or St. Louis. And uh, that is because, obviously, of the accessibility for people from Illinois and uh, people from uh, from Kansas to come in. And then, of course, you've got... Uh, uh, there's a casino right down in, uh, it's it's right on the other side of the Missouri-Kansas border down there in the southeastern corner of Kansas. And then you have a few others. So location is, is obviously something of importance. But 
At some point, someone saw an opportunity for a casino at the Lake of the Ozarks, and they said, well, maybe this is something we'd like to pursue. And, of course, you've got different camps and different groups, and uh, they're promoting their version of the casino as the best way to do things. And uh, then you've got that crowd of people that are just anti-casino all the way. Makes no difference what they do. They could come in and open a hospital right next door to the casino, and it wouldn't make any difference because there are people who think that the casino brings a certain element with it and we we discussed a little bit of that and maybe we can kind of wrap up our uh, discussion on casinos here and, and, and move into the other uh, topic that we wanted to talk about and that's uh, Camden County government because there are some major changes going on there uh, just some some final thoughts on casinos and I think as is the case you made a very valid point, and this is something that's not going to happen in the next six months or the next year. There's obviously legislation that needs to uh, uh, come out of all of this before they can even move forward with it in the first place. So just uh, maybe a few final thoughts on uh, casinos and and whether or not uh, this is really something that uh, – uh, we 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 could we could very well see because like I said uh, and you mentioned this David the fact that there uh, are a lot of things going on one of which the uh, most recent ga- gathering in Jefferson City and uh, you know it seems like there's a lot of work to be done before uh, any real ground is broken on a casino. Well, I just let's talk about the the crime issue of of, of this year. Look. One of my all-time favorite movies is the movie Casino, Casino yeah. by Martin Scorsese. Sort of, it's not a sequel to Goodfellas, but it's sort of a movie that followed up Goodfellas with similar themes and actors. But it is a great, great, great movie, which I can watch over and over, and everybody in it is just amazing. I don't think we would see that in in Lake of the Ozarks. I think. I think between the movie Casino and the show Ozark, uh, what would it, what would happen there? I don't. We joked about life imitating art at the start of the program. I I certainly don't think anybody really thinks that would happen. Look, crime is right at this point. Crime is out of control in the city of St. Louis. Crime is terrible in Kansas City and other parts of St. Louis. Perhaps not quite out of control like in the city of St. Louis. And it is a major, major problem. But at least in the St. Louis part, I'm comfortable saying this, that as bad as crime is, it's, it's not related to the casinos right, right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we do have numerous casinos in the greater St. Louis region. I think we have six right now uh, around here, and that includes a couple in Illinois. That's not only Missouri. That's the Illinois one. Mm-hmm. And yes, that that element of of gambling addiction and prostitution and like that is that's here, and then it might gravitate in part towards the casino. But I don't know of any evidence that and crime is terrible in St. Louis right now. I'm sure your listeners, it's made it's not just made statewide news. It's crime in St. Louis is making national news right now, right. and it's it's incredible. But the idea that it's the casinos that made that worse, I don't think that that holds. I don't think there's any data or evidence to support that. Mm-hmm. So I have. I don't think we have that in in Missouri. As I'm just going to quote you, KB, because I agree with you. Yes, if a casino opened the Lake of the Ozarks, 
troubling elements would sort of gravitate towards it. But do, does the casino cause that? Or are those elements already in Lake of the Ozark region? They are. And then they just sort of make the casino their spot, their new place to hang out. I mm-hmm. think that's probably a lot of that. With the admission that indisputably any casino is going to bring some increase in gambling addiction and because that's that's inevitable and and if you want to read one thing about gambling addiction one powerful piece that i recommend unreservedly is about five years ago a a columnist for a newspaper in iowa i cannot recall his name but anybody just google this and you'll get it he wrote he wrote his own obituary he was dying of cancer and he pre-wrote his own obituary where he discussed his life and the gambling addiction that he had. And it's one of the greatest obituaries, one of the greatest columns you'll ever read. And for many, many reasons, but the part about gambling is a, is a key part of it. So I encourage your listeners to just Google Iowa newspaper columnist gambling obituary. It'll, it'll come up without too much trouble. Mm-hmm. And your, your listeners will love reading that. It's a very powerful piece. Well, as everything else uh, goes here in the state of Missouri, I guess only time will tell. Uh, I would I would say that if you had asked people uh, 10 years ago if medical marijuana would have been legalized, they would have probably said, mm, maybe. Uh, but as far as recreational marijuana, probably not. And then uh, that happens. And again, I don't really think uh, people understand the full magnitude of the consequences that came with Amendment 3. Maybe some uh, someday soon they will. But as far as casinos go, uh, you know, there are a lot of things that they offer. They certainly do. But then there are also a lot of things that people don't favor when a casino comes to town. And uh, I guess we will continue to hear more about this, certainly from the business community, certainly from uh, individuals. And uh, on top of it all, what casino makes the most sense for the lake area if indeed the people here at the lake of the ozarks are okay with that because uh, as i said there have already been groups and organizations that have been uh getting together and talking to people about it and addressing their concerns and addressing uh what a casino could mean pro what a casino could mean con but i think the the only real way to get an understanding of, of how this game is going to be played and how things might work is to uh, find out a little bit about both groups that are involved in this, the private casino, the Indian-owned casino, uh, you know, and, and, and look at it from that perspective. But if you don't feel as though a casino is something that you'd like to see here at the lake or uh, something you want to deal with in the future, then I guess you're pretty much set in your ways there. Um, so it's at this point, David, it, it, it truly is. It, it's, it's really a toss-up. There's no guarantee that this is going to happen. But, uh, again, I would just uh, ask people to do their research and uh, make sure that they understand both sides of the argument and uh, and kind of take it from there. 947 is our time. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The last comment I want to make before we talk about Camden County government for a few minutes is I hope, I very much hope, that, that the choice as to who gets the license, I just hope that that is made whether whichever whichever side gets it, I definitely hope that that's made in a public, transparent, and open process. Much more so than in a smoke-filled room of people cutting deals. I'm I'm not optimistic about I'm not optimistic about that, but that is my great hope for the Lake Ozark region. Right. 
Well, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that, David. Transparency is certainly something that uh, we would like to see more of in, uh, in in any level of government, but certainly when you've got something that's going to have the kind of effect that a casino could very well have on the Lake of the Ozarks area. So, um, Camden County government getting rather interesting. We've got uh, uh, some new blood in there as our presiding commissioner, Ike Skelton, has taken over and has... Uh, taking it upon himself when I speak of the word transparency that is something that he campaigned on along with roads and bridges and uh, of course we've had this Verigy project that they've been trying to get completed today is uh, March the 7th the completion date for the uh, renovations to the courthouse um, <clears throat> the hope is is that they're close to done if not done by the 20th of this month there's been a lot of back and forth and up and down um, with this, of course, uh, not only uh, the amount of the job, but uh, how the job was initially secured, the bidding process. It's really, I, I think, in a lot of instances, David, it has really led to people paying, maybe uh, this is a good thing, people paying a lot closer attention to what goes on in county government and certainly who is responsible for making the decisions. And, uh, you know, if something doesn't uh, go according to plan or it doesn't go the way it's supposed to, will there be certain people held accountable? So, as I said, uh, you know, you've got uh, Don Williams, you've got James Gohagen, and uh, Ike Skelton. Those are our commissioners, Ike being the presiding commissioner. Uh, and, And just some of the things that have happened on the tail end of the uh, former administration versus what's going on now with the current administration and uh, and and how it's all playing out. As far as somebody like yourself from St. Louis, what are you hearing? What are you seeing? And uh, uh, what are some of the things that uh, you'd like to bring to the table this morning? Yeah, I've got I've got one I've got some points I, I want to make here. It's very interesting and and yeah, as you as you sort of it is great that people are paying attention. I think. Indisputably, county government around Missouri is the level of government that gets the least amount of attention. People pay attention to state government. Uh, people pay attention to their cities. Most, not all, many Americans don't live in cities, towns, or villages, but the majority do. And I think people pay a lot of attention to their city, their town, or their village. But county government tends to be overlooked in, in many ways. And that's too bad because county government has a great deal of impact on people's lives. And, and Camden County government absolutely at the top of at the top of that list. But when I read, I've been since we just planned this and planned this conversation, been reading a lot the past few days about this, going to websites like Facebook pages of Citizens for Better Camden County Government and, and other groups. And certainly there are some very interesting issues going on with the ongoing audit of the county collector's office. You know, some road districts are saying they're being shorted funds. Uh, the, the questions about the county auditor's office. These are very, very interesting issues here. And one thing I, I think is worth pointing out, one thing that struck me about the setup of Camden County government is that the county auditor in Camden County is also the county budget director. And that's that's unusual. I'm not saying it's illegal. I'm sure it's not illegal. Counties have some flexibility in how they structure government, but since Camden County is not a charter county, it's a first-class county, but not a charter county, 
it, it doesn't have that much flexibility. And I'm not sure that having your county auditor also be your budget director is, is a good idea because it, the auditor should be serving as a check on, on the budget. Sort of, if you read state law, which does not say that first-class county auditors should be budget directors, it says that first-class county auditors should provide information to the budget director, should, should sort of confirm numbers and data for the budget director, but they shouldn't be the budget officer. Uh, it's, it's very interesting that in Camden County, you have the auditor also as the budget director, and while that, don't take this as a criticism of the job being done by the auditor, but I don't think that's good policy. I think somebody else should be the one preparing the budget, taking information from the independent fiscal officers, the assessor, the collector, the treasurer, and the auditor, preparing the budget approved by the commission, then using the auditor as a check and balance on that budget to make sure that it's being spent properly. I think that's how it would work better as opposed to having the same person be the county auditor and the budget director, where then it's hard for them to audit themselves and hard for the auditor to audit the budget if the same person is doing it. Mm -hmm. So if I've got one suggestion for the county commission to think about breaking that job up, and I, that would be it, to think about assigning the budget officer position to an unelected county official and then using the independently elected county official more as a check and balance on it. I think that'd be a better system for local government. And that just leads to one of the issues. You've got the health department controversy over who's running that in Camden County. You've got, as I said, the questions about the collector. It's a, it's a very interesting time in Camden County government, no doubt at all. Well, and it's interesting you bring that up because I think that is kind of the hope that they would like to see the accounting practice uh, change as far as how it is handled and uh, maybe that the auditor should not have the ability to be in the position that he's in at the current time. And uh, certainly there was some concern early on, as I mentioned, the Verigee project and how uh, the auditor was involved in that. But at this point, you know, I think a lot of things are moving in the direction that uh, a lot of people, as, as far as the citizens, the taxpayers would like to see it go. And that is from the standpoint of more transparency. And, and you see this um, with the fact that now a lot of meetings that would be not necessarily considered closed, but you wouldn't really have much in the way of uh, spectators. Uh, they invite the, uh, the taxpayers, uh, the citizens of Camden County, to come in and sit in these meetings. You can't comment in these particular instances, but then they do have the regular commission meetings where people are, uh, are encouraged to show up and, and talk about what's on their minds uh, for one reason or another. But the, the whole factor of transparency and how important that is, and it's something that has seemed to elude a lot of uh, former administrations for a long time. And then that's why you get the rumor mill cranking uh, as, you, as you do around here, because people aren't privy to things, and people feel as though they need to be privy to things. And I think that holds true in a lot of instances where if you're incorporating the taxpayers, if you're incorporating the, uh, uh, the citizens, the people that uh, uh, have elected these officials, the people that uh, want to see things get done, if you start incorporating and including 
including them in meetings at any opportunity that you possibly can, you're only doing yourself a favor, and, and that's very obvious. That's absolutely obvious, and it's good to see Camden County getting better at that. Let me just say that transparency and adherence to the rules of the Sunshine Law is undoubtedly terrible throughout the state of Missouri at the local <laughs> government level. Yes. And, I mean, it is I mean, terrible. And, and Camden County is needed to get much better, but there are plenty of other local governments just as bad, if, if not worse. And the smaller the local government you get, the worse worse it is you think it's bad with counties not posting meetings 24 hours ahead of time and not adhering to the agenda and then doing things that weren't on the agenda so the public had no way of knowing that happens all the time but when you get down to special road districts and community improvement districts and all these obscure sub districts of government in missouri of which we have thousands of them around our state their adherence to the basic rules of agendas and minutes and publication and making it public is terrible. And audit after audit by state, the state auditor or local auditors, and we have some terrific local auditors around the state, like in Kansas City, and some terrible local auditors around the state, like in St. Louis County. Uh, <laughs> audit after audit by the good ones shows that the practices are, are awful and oftentimes violate rules right and left, but there's no, there's no, accountability for when you violate rules and vote on things that aren't on the agenda. This happens throughout our state. And again, the smaller and more obscure the local government, the worse it is. And it's good to see at least at Camden County, them trying to make an effort to be better at it over the past couple of years. Well, there's no doubt about that. And, and the goal and the hope is to work through as much of this as humanly possible while at the same time, trying to maintain what uh, people expect uh, their county government to do, and that is to address the roads and address infrastructure and uh, uh, various other things to uh, uh, to open up the floor at these commission meetings and uh, listen to what the uh, people are telling them, some things that we would like to see as citizens of Camden County, some things that we don't want to see. Uh, of course, uh, you know, that gets into uh, the whole aspect of uh, uh, of law enforcement as well, your sheriff's department, your prosecuting attorney's office, and, and just making sure that everyone is being held to the same standards and that this is something that uh, is, 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 is consistent. And that is the, uh, the whole key to all of this, David, is consistency when we talk about uh, local government. We don't have a whole lot of time left. Uh, I've got about 30 seconds if you'd like to make a final point. We just, you know, we have a lot of great information on local government. You know, of th I wrote a paper a decade or so ago, Government in Missouri, that touches on local government. I'm working on another paper right now that's really going to get into it, which will hopefully be ready in a couple of months. You know, we, we cover this, and it is, I always wonder why people, there's a group of people out there who vote once every four years, and it's in a presidential election. I always going to say, well, if you're going to only vote once in a long while, you should vote in your April elections where your vote counts more because nobody shows up. So people should pay attention to their cities and their counties 